We're going to bless God today. I just want you to hear, since I'm an executive in the Ohio Ministry Network, you know that four years ago, we got to be with a brother from Africa that just rocked our souls. The seven of us men were on our knees. We were crying. How do we get this pastor here? How do we get this ministry? Because all they said was, in his words, Tanzania for Jesus. And I mean, he rocked this place. He came here. He came to New Philadelphia, Ohio, because I went over to Tanzania and just got to sit with him in the ministry that God has given to him with our pastor, John Wooten. And John is our superintendent. He's our lead pastor. And today, um, John wants to call you and I. Let's look at it real quick uh, here, Brother Troy, and, and see what this whole 2020 vision is. Go make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples of all, say that word, all nations. Boy, our nation needs this, doesn't it? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need to go make disciples. Well, Ohio came up with a 10-year plan, Ohio for Jesus, and then we used our motto, all things are possible. So, let me say it again. Ohio for Jesus, all things are possible. You're good. All things are possible. Yeah, you'll get it. You'll get it. We're going to be cheering this. I'm telling you, we're going to be doing this so powerfully in the next 10 years. We have a strategy. We have a plan. We have a purpose. Developing leaders, Ruthie just talked about that. Multiplying disciples, and that's where my burden is. Oh, my goodness, guys, and CR, we are seeing many, many new converts, many, many new people walking, babes in Christ that need an arm around them. Church, I've been hearing the Holy Spirit in my heart say, wake up. Did you hear me yet? Wake up. Because the time is now, the time is now for us to do that very thing. Multiply disciples of Jesus Christ by the Spirit's power. There's something anointing in the Holy Spirit that you just need to personally discover. So I'll leave it there. Hopefully it'll just challenge you. Recognizing a broken society is the outflow of, and it goes on to tell us what that is. So let's go on, Troy, and just share a little bit more. There's a 10-year goal, a 10-year theme. 25 25,000 new leaders. In the 34 years that Ruthie and I pastored you, we raised up about 25 pastors and hundreds of leaders throughout this body that year after year did the ministry and continues today. And I just want to thank you. I'm proud of you. I'm thankful for you. And I'm so glad for the brand new move of God. 250,000. This is the thing that grips me, Ryan. 250,000 disciples. What are we going to do with them? We're just going to get them saved on Sunday, sign a card, send them out into this world that wants to conform them, not transform them. I'll preach my sermon already, but you'll get it in just a moment. We're on 250,000. Divide that by 278 churches. We're talking hundreds, thousands of new converts sitting in these pews all around the state of Ohio. And if we don't disciple them, we'll lose the harvest. It's time to wake up. That's what I'm saying. I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling with you. Larry, wake up. This whole thing with what God is doing among us and for people that are very, if you have, you've got to come and just listen to some of the testimonies. 
you'll say, my goodness, am I saved. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. A hundred, no, what does it say? A thousand new churches. With a thousand new churches, 25,000 new pastors, teachers, board members, leaders of the church, and 250,000 new converts in 10 years. Well, it didn't happen 10 years ago, and it didn't happen the 10 years before that. If you never set a goal, you'll never reach. One guy said, shoot for the moon. You might hit the street light. Okay? If you don't, you're just going to sit down on the curb and let life pass you by. 300% increase in missionaries. Yes, 300% more missionaries. We have about 1,800. We need to see that, that God's 300% time. Just do the math. Then we need 300% of the giving, which is in the millions right now for the state of Ohio, for missions, and we're looking for 300%. That Pastor, come on, if it's a million, it's 300 million. How are you going to do that? I'm not. God is. And it's going to be through new disciples. It's going to be through servants serving. And that's who you're called to be today. Please join us in our journey as you have journeyed with us 34 years. Now do it with us. All right, that's Sermon 2. Get your Bible and turn with me to Romans. You think I'm kidding, don't you? Hallelujah. I love you, church. There it is. Thank you, Lord. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Thank you, Bradley. Thank you, Rick Aragondo. Wednesday night, he talked the whole chapter 12. I wish it was on video. I wish it was on the camera so that you could see it. And brother, I appreciate you trying to keep up with me, but I go everywhere. So um, if I'm off screen, I'm not leaving you guys. I thank God for you watching at home. I thank God for what he's doing in this electronic church that we have today all around the state of Ohio. In one Sunday, we started over 200 churches online. Every church that I know went online that first March Sunday, middle of March, and there we were thrown into a pandemic. Oh, that reminds me. Larry, i got so much that i got to share with you. Can we stop a moment? I think it's a good time to pray and ask God's leadership. It's also a good time to put that declaration up, that proclamation from the governor, and let's stand up, please. And if I'm right, and that is north, and that is south, that is east, and that is west. Is that right? I think the White House would be somewhere about right in here. Turn around and put your hand out, and let's do what the governor said. But more than that, let's do what God said. He said, pray for leaders. Pray for servants that serve you. Father, we just lift up our president and his wife. We thank you, God, that we're already getting some good reports. We pray for true reports. We pray for good reports. We pray for complete and divine healing in President Trump today and his wife. And Father, we thank you that there are many that have been affected. We've even even heard this morning where some are infected by this coronavirus. Father, you told Israel you would take those curses away from them if they would turn their hearts to you and pray and seek you, you would heal their land. Now, Lord, we turn our hearts. We repent of our sins as Americans, our, our whatever it is, God, that we have so given ourselves to conform to. We want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind in you, Christ, today, and we want this nation to be changed, challenged, and turned around. And everybody said, 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, wow. You can sit down if you can. Oh. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you. NIV. I urge you. That's why I had an urgency to say, wake up, church. Please wake up because we need every one of you. Everybody needs to grab an oar and pull. Everybody needs to be on board because the new people that are coming in need to be loved, cared for, discipled, and trained. Wow. By the mercies of God to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That's why I titled this message, Blessed Irony. By being a living dead person. Think about it. This is your true and proper worship. Proper, not just powerful. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Just let us sink in. But he transformed by, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Lord, touch my mind this morning. Give your word with clarity and completeness. Then you will be able to teach. No. First of all, in order to teach, we've got to test. We need to test what we are going through so that we might be able to teach, to serve, to love. And approve what, and approve what God's will is. His good, His pleasing, and perfect will. Now, Ruthie just said, read the footnotes. I'm telling you, there's so many great versions out there right now. You just need to get online, read the one that either an NIV or an American Standard or New American Standard, those are probably more properly um, translated into English as we know it, yet some of them are getting old because we don't use that English anymore. And so many new things, like many of uh, you are reading the Passion Version uh, boy, it, it is, there is no doubt about it. That Bible is full of passion because God's Word is full of passion. And Now, now I'm going to go to an older version, okay, not because I'm 66, but because listen to what it says. This is called the Amplified. This is turn up the volume and listen. Place your life before God is the title to the message in Romans chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. He didn't ask you to do this by yourself. Take your everyday, ordinary life. And this is amplified. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life. Everyday, ordinary life. Place it before God as an offering, just like you are today. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. All right, read that one more time. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into what to it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. 
One version says, fix your eyes on Jesus. You'll be changed from the, what does it say there? Inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-informed maturity in you. Boy, it's powerful. I, I, boy, I said, yes, God. What does it mean to sacrifice? Well, look at this runner. What do you think he went through to get where he's at at the tape, ready to win the race with his arms up? Paul said, I've finished the course. I've won the race. Come on, let's get there. But what do you do to get there? He's probably up every morning. He runs. He does stretching first and then runs. And he comes home, has a healthy breakfast, okay? But he doesn't sit down for the rest of the day or go back to bed. He stays awake and he runs more. And he strengthens more, strength training, all kinds of things. In order to win that race, he has put his body on the line so that he could cross the finish line, so that he could win the race. What does Paul mean here? Sacrifices, living sacrifices? Come on, Larry, this is, this is too much. What, what do you mean I've got to die? Paul said we have to die to ourselves daily. Crucify the old man and be raised with Christ. Let his power. Old Testament, they slaughtered animals. Remember Adam and Eve sinned? God killed an animal, put the skins on them to cover what? Their sin. Same thing as he told uh, Abraham and he told Moses and he told the different leaders of the Old Testament, even the kings, that they needed to sacrifice on a certain day. And we've just come through that time. On a Jewish calendar. In the New Testament, it's not any different. There had to be a sacrifice. The sins of men needed covered. And guess who came on the scene? Jesus. Jesus. My confession today is Jesus. My testimony today is Jesus. He's done it all. A lamb was slaughtered, a perfect lamb. Oh, there's so much. You know what I see here as I look at the Old and New Testament? I see the foreshadowing of Jesus Christ coming and giving his life. And then I see the real Jesus showing up in the New Testament. And it, it's just, it's absolutely clarified. A new concept is then birthed through the Apostle Paul. He does this a lot. Wish to add time, but I love the Apostle Paul. I've got a book called The Mind of the Apostle Paul. You should read that because... Paul was stirred by the Holy Spirit. He was transformed from a murderer to a soul-winning machine that God used to write three-fourths of the New Testament and empowered him to lead churches that were larger than many churches that we have today. And Timothy was one of those pastors that Paul spoke into, and Timothy turned around and said, thank you. The new concept, living, I'm willing to lay it down. I'm willing to lay it down. If you didn't know it, that's what I'm asking you to do today. 
Well, there's several things about chapter 12 that I'm not going to get into, but if you go and you look it up and you check out commentaries, you'll find out that chapter 12 is the break in the book of Romans. It's the middle of the book. He starts and he, 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 he explains where we've all come from. He tells the testimony of Israel and he says, Israel, listen, because the Son of God has come and died for you, and God has not only sent me to Israel, but he sent me to the Gentiles. In other words, everyone can believe. That was Paul. It's powerful. But he says, how do we do this? How do we get people transformed? You, first of all, got to deal with what we do most of the time, and that's conformity. We conform. Anybody live in a community like this? Look at conformity and what it means, and let's see it today. To make or be like what would you call those? Cookie-cutter houses? You think the same man may have built those houses, those condominiums, whatever you want to think of? They are just all over our nation. We know how to conform. Listen to this. What is conformity? The word conform refers to the act of an individual assuming an outward expression. Can you say outward? That's good. Get a feeling for that. An outward expression that does not come from within him. Can you do within? Oh, God, put it in us. Nor is it representative of his inward heart lived, inner heart life. What is God doing in your innermost being? That's where it starts. How? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, to change the structure, the appearance, the character. You know what that is? Can you see it clear enough to understand what's going on here? Just a couple of weeks ago, the girls were with us, and they found a caterpillar. They're all around. They were. But now, if you look for them, you're going to have to look for a thing called a chrysalis, because they crawled up trees and on limbs, and we put this little caterpillar in a jar, not trapping him, but put a branch in there, and guess what he did the last few weeks? He formed a chrysalis. And we thought, wow, this is so cool. We'll take it inside and keep it warm, and everything will be perfect. Not so. If the chrysalis is not in the harsh winter weather, that worm will never become a caterpillar again but he'll never become a butterfly. In fact, somebody, Troy told me this morning, they did an MRI. Can you think of that? They do an MRI on a caterpillar in a box. Guess what they saw in there during the middle of it, the winter? Nothing. That caterpillar had made that little cocoon and disappeared. Have we disappeared yet? Or are we still a worm? <laughs> oh, David, he talked about that. Have we disappeared yet? So that during the harshness of winter, we might be transformed. The elements are there. The elements are within all of you. The elements you were created with to be born again. It was the will of God that you would be renewed by your mind and made whole again through Christ Jesus our Lord. 
If you experience that, you ought to be dancing and shouting because it's amazing what God has done in a simple thing like this lesson from nature. Am I transformed or am I just the same old person? I've been reading a little bit. It's, it is a secular book. My pastor bought this for me and gave it to me at one of our last meetings. Gave it to every presbyter. There are 24 of us in the room. So he invested in us. And uh, he, he, he bought the book and it says Atomic Habits. Let me ask you. Do you have any habits? Well, if I asked Terry what Debbie's habits are, would you like to know? Good or bad? Debbie, would you like your turn to tell us what Terry's habits are? See, we've all got habits, and, and it's so funny how it makes us a little bit nervous because we're ruled by that. Where do habits start? With an addiction? No. That's a misnomer. That is not true. It starts with one little thought. The reason he wrote Atomic Habits is because the atomic bomb, which is an incredibly destructive weapon, starts on an atom level, an atomic level. And that's where the atoms split, and that's where the bomb begins to change. And do, do atom bombs transform things? Here's, here's the thought. I'll get right there to it, and we'll, we're going to pray. Here's the thought. We oftentimes, in trying to change behavior, we start with the big stuff. You know what the big stuff is? It's called outcome. I want to quit eating too much. I want to quit smoking too much. I want to quit drinking too much. I want to quit lying too much. I want to quit stealing. I want to da-da-da-da. And how do we do with that? Most of the time, we don't get anywhere. What? Oh, come on. How many of you made a New Year's resolution this last year? You don't want to raise your hand. You know you did. You set out to do a whole lot of things that you're not doing. Same old, same old. And you're there again. How am I going to change that, Pastor? Is that what Jesus was talking? He's, yeah, and it's so small. Because he doesn't deal with this, this, these, this, or this. He deals with this. So the next thing we do is we go from outward. We're going to not do that. So we go through process. So now how are we not going to... Eat that chocolate cake. I don't know. I ate mine yesterday. I'll tell you. I, I had chocolate cake. I'm telling you. That, that's just, I had a spiritual moment too. Identify that. But the last thing we deal with is identity. I'm still this. I'm still that. I'm still doing this. I can't quit that. What's wrong? Because your identity is in all those things. Jesus broke through. <laughs> Jesus broke through and he began to change us from the outcome-based habits. Now remember, the outcome-based habits is number one, outward. Number two, process. Number three, identity. So God flips the chart as he always does. And where does he start? With who I am. You are now a new creature. 
a creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things. Now you get it? You get what God's doing in our life? You get why we're supposed to be searching for our identity? And you may think, well, you're just following up on what your kids are. I am so proud of our pastors. I'm so thankful for their diligently seeking God week after week and hearing the message. And it was so cool. Rick gets up. Wednesday night, and he teaches on Romans chapter 12. Bradley gets up and reads Romans chapter 12. What do you think I'm supposed to do? (laughs) Preach on Romans chapter 12. I think God might be trying to tell us something, and he's trying to get to the heart of the matter. Where can I change most? Where I have nothing I can change, and that's my heart. Unless I let God take my heart and say, God, Please, I need a heart transplant like Jessica. I need a brand new heart. And then that heart's going to start saying, you need to think about this. It's called conviction, not condemnation. You've got to read all the Romans. There's so much teaching here. Number one, identity. Who am I? Who are you? All right, one, two, three, say your name. One, two, three, Larry. Is that who you are? I'm glad to know you. I'm glad to meet you. I love it. Ron, this is the thing that just rocked my boat. Bradley, it was, (laughs) it was, Lord, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. The declaration of where this all began. And then some people say five years sober. Some people will say, I've been 10 years not trying to control and, and do things. I, another person says, I, I read it on Facebook. One girl was so proud. She lost 52 pounds. That's good. Yay! That's me. And you know what? She looks transformed. But where do you think it started? Between the elbow and the hand and the mouth? Eating? No. It started in here, I will, I will to do something different. <sighs> so, two, we get a process. And that's why the Bible says, daily seek the Lord. Daily pray. Daily ask for his presence in your life. And then, don't worry about the outcome, especially from the beginning. Let me tell you about the outcome. The outcome is freedom. The outcome is freedom. Go ahead. Come on. Stand up on your feet. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Praise your name. Thank you for freedom today. Thank you for grace that abundantly saves us and transforms us and renews us in our mind, God. Thank you, Lord. Let me, God just reminds me of a little illustration I used to use in youth group. This sermon is 40 years old. I've been teaching this all my life because I believe it. And I just had to do this since I had this wonderful opportunity today. Jesus transforms. He does not conform you to something. If a butterfly flies away, and some try this, James, some butterflies fly back to their cocoon. Because it was warm in there. They know the cocoon. And guess what they do? This is scientifically proven. Just look it up. Watch the transformation. Some butterflies return to their cocoon 
And trying to get back in that cocoon, they break their wings. And they can't fly anymore. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let the healing begin right now as you stand there. God, heal me. Start in my heart. Forgive me. Take the sin, God, that I can't even deal with. Take the sin I can't even get myself free with and free me right now in Jesus' name. Just go ahead. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. As you let the healing begin, where does it start? It starts in your heart. Transformational healing. That's what God's up to. He wants to transformingly heal your body. You've got a body illness? Don't start with the illness. Start with the heart. Let the Lord work through you. Transformation, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation and has the old has gone, the new is here. Listen to it this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted, joined to him by faith in him as Savior. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? All you got to do is say, Lord, I see me. And I've been trying so desperately to change, and I can't. So, God, right now, I give you my heart. Change my heart. Change my heart. Just tell him. Let's say it with everybody. Change my heart. Put a new heart within me. He is a new creature, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. Who wouldn't want that? The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition, have passed away. They're gone. Quit trying to remind me, Satan, of who I was because I'm not that person anymore. I have a new identity. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening begins in new life. Father, we just give you praise this morning. We thank you that spiritual creation is what we want. We need it. We absolutely have to have it. We want you to change us from the inside out. Heal us by putting a brand new heart in place of my stony one. I've heard so many testimonies in the last few weeks that just bless my heart. I identify with and I thank you for every one of them. And I pray that God, you just continue to do it again and again so that part of that 250,000 disciples will be right here in New Philadelphia and Tuscarawas County, 93,000 people plus in this county. We're believing that all of them are going to come to Christ. And we ask for that kind of complete understanding and that kind of complete transformation and that kind of complete renewal in Jesus' name.